This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Abner Meraz is a world champion boxer, Olympian, sports commentator, and most importantly, dad of two little girls. Beloved by abuelas and hardcore fans alike, Abner is a pro in entertaining both in and out of the ring. On Blue Wire's new podcast, On the Hook with Abner Maris, we'll hear from Abner, his fam, fellow athletes, and other people who make him the boxer and the man that he is. Listen to On the Hook with Abner Maris wherever you get your podcast. Episodes in English out on Tuesdays and episodes in Spanish out on Wednesdays. You're now listening to the Destination Debbie Podcast. I present your host, Ray Garvin, the creator of Destination Debbie, and your go-to source for all things Debbie and college football. Yo, yo, welcome back, good people, to the Destination Debbie program. You know who it is. It's your host, Ray G. You can find me on Twitter at RayGQ. This is the Week 6 Rookie Report, sponsored by Sleeperwire. Whether you're listening to this in your car, in your truck, uh, on your radio, wherever you're at, or you're actually watching on YouTube, I want to say thank you. I appreciate you checking out the channel. I appreciate you checking out the show and the content. And if you could, please subscribe to the channel on YouTube and to the podcast. And if you're on YouTube, hit that thumbs up button. That really helps promote the video, recommend it for other people who may be looking for this type of content. We greatly appreciate it. But we are through six weeks of the NFL season. So in this show today, what I wanted to do was take a look at my top 12 rookies coming into this season and where I would have these guys slotted right now. Sort of a refresh of those top 12 rookies, not just for the rest of the season, right? So we will do the rest of, uh, for the rest of the season, but where they slot in, in dynasty. So for those of you who are watching this, who are heavy into dynasty, um, we're going to be comparing these players amongst my cornerstone rankings, uh, cornerstone rankings. I use three draft classes. So 2019, 2020 and 2021. And I'm going to let you where I had, let you know where I have these rookies currently ranked amongst all of those players, who are, you know, fantasy relevant. So if you want the full Cornerstone rankings list, patreon.com forward slash all gas. You can get all those Cornerstone players, all the Debbie rankings, uh, access to an awesome Discord community, bonus shows, film sessions, a lot of cool shit going on over there. But this should be a good show. Help position your team right now for that final uh, push for towards fantasy playoffs. I mean, it's already... 
And we're all way, already halfway through this thing. It's it's crazy. So I wanted to do this before the trade deadline. We've got some new entries added to these top 12 rookies. So we'll jump right into it after we hear a word from my man, Gus Johnson. Drop the intro, baby. All right. So coming into this season, coming into 2020, my top 12 rookies for seasonal leagues. At 12, I had Brandon Ayuk, the wide receiver from San Francisco 49ers. At 11, Henry Ruggs, the wide receiver from the Las Vegas Raiders. At 10, Dallas Cowboys stud wide receiver C.D. Lamb. At 9, Jerry Judy of the Denver Broncos. At 8, LaVisca Chenault, wide receiver Jacksonville Jaguars. 7, J.K. Dobbins, running back Baltimore Ravens. 6, Jalen Rager, wide receiver of the Philadelphia Eagles. And then I had 5 running backs, DeAndre Swift, Detroit Lions at 5, Antonio Gibson, Washington football team at 4, Cam Akers, Los Angeles Rams at three, Jonathan Taylor at two, and Clyde Edwards E. Lair, my number one ranked rookie for the 2020 season. So let's jump right into it at number 12. This is rest of the season for rookies, and I'm going to give you where they're at in my cornerstone rankings. So at 12, we see Jerry Judy take a dip from 9 to 12. I still have him inside of the top 12. He is currently wide receiver 53 on the season, averaging 9.9 fantasy points per game in PPR formats. I have Jerry Judy ranked as player 26 in my cornerstone rankings. He's sandwiched in between Jalen Rager and Terry McLaurin. Listen, Jerry Judy is the should be the alpha receiver. He should be with Cortland Sutton going down to injury. And that's sort of why I had him at nine. Right. I thought him and Sutton were going to make a very good compliment for one another and actually open up some opportunity for Judy. But with Sutton down and out for the remainder of the season, it seems like Judy should be the guy to step up and be the focal point of that offense. And it just hasn't happened yet. They've had crazy and consistent quarterback play. They had Brett Rippian in, Drew Locke. They're trying draft Driscoll. He's had three quarterbacks so far this season. And then it looks like Tim Patrick is emerging as the best wide receiver on that team. Now, would I slot Tim Patrick over Jerry Judy in dynasty rankings? No, but right now he's been the more consistent fantasy producer. He seems like he's taking a step forward. So if anything, go get Tim Patrick off of waiver wires. But Jerry Judy takes a little bit of a fall from nine to 12. At 11, Brandon Ayuk moves up one slot. I really like how the 49ers are using Brandon Ayuk. I think his dynasty value should be much higher than maybe I even have him ranked. He's currently wide receiver 44 on the season after missing, what do you miss, like two or three games, averaging 11.1 fantasy points per game. And I have him ranked 33rd in my cornerstone rankings in between Devonta Smith, the wide receiver from Alabama, and Marquise Hollywood Brown, Baltimore Ravens wide receiver. It's fun to watch Kyle Shanahan get this guy involved. He's running the ball out of the backfield. They're handing him jet sweeps. They're getting him involved in the screen game. He's catching play, uh, balls downfield. The sky is the limit for Brandon Ayuk. I think he's very talented. Uh, he's showing extremely well. And I'd be fairly confident in, in him as a flex option for the remainder of the season. So Brandon Ayuk uh, takes a little bit of a step up from uh, 12 to 11. At 
player 10, uh, ranking 10. I've got LaVisca Chenault, wide receiver from the Jacksonville Jaguars. Currently, he is wide receiver 34 on the season. I have him ranked 24th in my cornerstone rankings in between T. Higgins and Jalen Rager. He is averaging 10.9 fantasy points per game. Did not have a good week, week six. It was one of his, you know, his worst fantasy performances. But Gardner Minshew just... Golly, as soon as I talk about him taking a step forward and looking like he could be the quarterback of the future, he goes out there and he doesn't look, he looks like they need to draft a new quarterback. Um, But Chenault's usage and volume is still encouraging. And to be, you know, a top 35 receiver, a top 36 receiver, that puts him in the wide receiver three category, flex category. The better days are ahead for LaVisca Chenault. We're still waiting for that Taco Bell game, that blow up game. And I think it's coming. It's on the horizon. His usage is good. The way that they're utilizing him in that offense, his versatility is only a plus. So LaVisca Chenault, rest of the season, he is player 10, rookie 10 for me. At number nine, T. Higgins. T. Higgins is making his debut. He was not included in the preseason rankings for the rookies. I really believed that they were going to bring him along slowly. I thought A.J. Green was going to show well. And outside of last week, A.J. Green had done nothing up to the season. But T. Higgins went out there and absolutely crushed last week. And it's kind of been mounting, right? I I talked about this on the past like four rookie reviews. He's going out there and he's catching four for 60, five for 60, six for 50. It was only a matter of time before T. Higgins erupted. And what he did, uh, he caught six of eight targets for 125, had a very long uh, receiving catch, thought he was going to get to the end zone, but we know T. Higgins ain't a burner burner, but he still is looking fantastic. His rapport with Joe Burrow is is going to bode well for us in the future. And that is why I have him ranked 23rd in my cornerstone rankings in between LaVisca Chenault and Rashad Bateman, the wide receiver from Minnesota that we're actually going to get to see play this coming weekend. Excited for Big Ten football. Kind of sucks that Journey Brown uh, will not play this season. Uh, prayers up for him. One of the, the top running back prospects in the class. Undisclosed medical condition. And, you know, this was something that I thought we really needed to see from Journey Brown to improve his draft stock. But uh, we will get to see Rashad Bateman. At number eight, rookie eight, I've got Antonio Gibson. So he takes a four spot fall from four to eight. And it's not because Gibson has looked bad. Gibson right now is currently running back 23. So he's an RB2 averaging 12.3 fantasy points per game. I have him ranked 31st in my cornerstone rankings in between Trey Lance, the quarterback from North Dakota State and Marquise Brown. The problem is Washington's failure to get him the ball. They start off the game, screenplay, uh, roll out, flare out, running the ball, and then all of a sudden they just go away from him. I have no clue what's going on in that backfield. They want to get J.D. McKissick involved for whatever reason, and they're just not feeding Gibson. They're not feeding the starting running back. You go back and watch any of Gibson's tape, he's playing extremely well. He's playing really well, but... He's not getting the volume. They're not giving him the opportunity. So he takes a little bit of a fall. Still high on Antonio Gibson in Dynasty and long term. But right now, if I had to say for the rest of the season, 
yeah, he's got to take a little bit of a dip down. And we have a new entry to the list at number seven, Chase Claypool, the wide receiver from the Pittsburgh Steelers. Big Chase Claypool, 6'4", 230 pounds. I have him as my 45th player in my cornerstone rankings in between Henry Ruggs and Brian Edwards. Right now, he's currently wide receiver 15 on the season. A lot of that due in part to his four touchdown performance a couple of weeks ago, but he's averaging 17.7 fantasy points per game. And he had another good game this past weekend. I mean, that's, that's what he can do. And what's happened in that Pittsburgh receiving core, it seems like the receivers that you want to own are James Washington, Chase Claypool, and Deontay Johnson, who really hasn't been on the field, but it's not Juju Smith-Schuster. It's not Juju. I, the, the, the shifting of the guard, the changing of the guard is already taking place. They aren't going to re-sign Juju. Juju's going to want to get paid. They have no reason to pay him. They've got Claypool, they've got Johnson, and they've got James Washington on cheaper deals and are actually at this point more productive than Juju. Juju needs to get out of pit. It's going to be the Claypool show. It's going to be the Deontay Johnson and James Washington show. I think he's a wide receiver too moving forward, a low-end wide receiver too a mid to low end wide receiver two with high end wide receiver one upside. It's an athletic freak. A lot of people were wrong on Claypool, including me. So he makes a massive jump from not even being ranked to being my number seventh ranked rookie for the remainder of the season. At number six, James Robinson, another new entry to the list, was not ranked before the season. Right now, he is currently RB7 on the season, averaging 17 points per game in PPR formats. And I have him 56th overall in my cornerstone rankings in between Journey Brown and Joshua Kelly. I'm still not sold on James Robinson long term. All right. And over the past couple of weeks, He's he's scored us fantasy points. He's scored us fantasy points, but he has not looked like some locked and loaded future dynasty asset. He hasn't. He's an undrafted free agent. Jacksonville is going to get rid of Doug Marone at the end of this year. There's no loyalty financially or draft pick wise in James Robinson. I mean, 12 carries, 29 yards. He got four passes, 24 yards. He did score his touchdown, which kind of saved us. But um, yeah, he's just a player that, I think for this season, you got to have him ranked that high. He's receiving the volume. There's really no competition in the backfield. But long term, I'm still of the belief that those of you who sold James Robinson for a first round pick hit the jackpot. If you can still get that, you need to make that happen. If all you can get for him is a 2021 second round pick, I would take that as well. I just don't believe in him long term. I think he's a solid fantasy asset for this season. But in Dynasty, still not all the way bought in on James Robinson. But rest of the season, I have him a top six rookie uh, for the remainder of the year. All right. At number five, big jump for CeeDee Lamb. He goes from 10 to five. Uh, currently, he is wide receiver 10 on the NFL season, averaging 16.5 fantasy points per game. And I have him ranked seventh in my cornerstone rankings as the second wide receiver overall behind DK Metcalf and one spot above AJ Brown. CeeDee Lamb, I mean, I, I just did a film study on him. The last video, if you go back one video, did a film study of CeeDee Lamb's coming out party, which was against the Atlanta Falcons week two of the NFL season. He's a stud. You don't need me to tell you that. And even with Andy Dalton in the mix, who did not look good last night, and they probably need to go ahead and pay Dak Prescott and stop with the, we're, we don't lose anything having Andy Dalton. Yeah, 
Yeah, you do. Uh, there's a reason why uh, Dak Prescott is one of the top quarterbacks in the league. But CeeDee Lamb caught seven passes last night. He was targeted 10 times after barely seeing a damn target in the first half for 64 yards. And he's just he's a good wide receiver. I think he's a, a weekly start in, dyna- in in your seasonal leagues. If you're in Dynasty, you're holding him like crazy. Have seen a couple of more deals with CeeDee Lamb being moved. I think some people are relaxing from all of the astronomical hype and buzz that we've placed upon this player. But, you know, it's it's crazy that we talked about rookie wide receivers taking time to acclimate to the NFL game. And this entire list is is dominated by a lot of these rookie wide receivers. And some of them aren't even on the list due to injury. But CeeDee Lamb, wide receiver, uh, rookie five, wide receiver 10 on the year. And again, seventh in my cornerstone rankings. At number four, the biggest jump, the biggest riser, a player who was not ranked coming into the season, because again, I'm thinking it's not going to be 2020 it's going to be 2021 or towards the back half of the season. I, I believe that's what I said. Towards the end of the season, Justin Jefferson would be the, the focal point of that Minnesota Vikings offense. Hell, it's already happened already. He's He and Thielen are working well in tandem with one another. But Justin Jefferson, the youth, the explosion, the speed. I know Adam Thielen right now is currently the number three ranked wide receiver in fantasy football. But Justin Jefferson, what he's doing, basically, you know, seeing less volume than Adam Thielen is outstanding. He is wide receiver seven on the year, averaging 17 fantasy points per game. I have him as my 21st ranked player in my cornerstone rankings in between Jalen Waddell and Rashad Bateman. He's fantastic. He's a good wide receiver. A lot of people talked all that shit about him only being a slot receiver. If you watched anything from LSU in 2018, he didn't play in the slot and he had over 800 receiving yards. He's a good receiver. I don't care where he's lined up on the field. Kirk Cousins is looking for him. He's young. He's explosive. He's fast. He's got swag. He's got confidence. He's a baller. He's fearless. Goes over the middle. Yak monster. Justin Jefferson is a stud. Locked and loaded starter. Remainder remainder of the way. You don't even think about matchup. You just throw Justin Jefferson out there and you'll be fine. All right, my top three rookies for the remainder of the season. At three, I have DeAndre Swift. And we finally saw a changing of the guard this past Sunday. Listen, Adrian Peterson has not looked bad. He has not looked bad at all. But DeAndre Swift is just different. He's he's much younger, first and foremost. So he's got more juice in those legs. But, I mean, he broke out 14 carries, 116 yards, two TDs. And he still got targeted four times. Didn't get a lot of receiving yards, but we do like to see that volume, right? We like to see the volume on the ground and through the air. It was coming off of a bye week, so there were a lot of people who were, were, were predicting and projecting a DeAndre Swift usage uptick, and that actually happened. So for the remainder of the season, right now he's currently RB25, averaging 13.8 points a game. I have him 15th in my cornerstone rankings, one spot above J.K. Dobbins and one spot behind running back Najee Harris from Alabama. But this could be... We use this term a lot, league winner, for the rest of the season when you're looking at a player like DeAndre Swift because some people probably bailed on him. And if you were able to capitalize and acquire him from a panicking owner, you did the right thing. DeAndre Swift, number three, rest of the season. All right, the top two remain unchanged, folks. Jonathan Taylor at two, currently RB15 on the season, averaging 14.5 fantasy points per game, third in my cornerstone rankings. And at one, Clyde Edwards-Elair, 
at RB11 on the season, averaging 15.9 fantasy points per game and cornerstone player number four for me. Uh, my top five cornerstone rankings, Trevor Lawrence, Kyler Murray, Jonathan Taylor, Clyde edwards Lair, and Josh Jacobs. I'm not concerned about JT. I'm not concerned about edwards Lair. I'm not concerned about Le'Veon Bell. JT has not I don't think any of these running backs have produced to the level that they, we thought they would coming into the season, but he's the starting running back. He's receiving the bulk of the carries. They're getting him involved in the receiving game. He's not going to be a receiving threat like some of these other running backs on a week-to-week basis, but the, it, we, we, we still haven't seen JT just break out yet, and it's coming. It's coming. He's been okay. He's been consistent. He's scoring touchdowns. He's getting the volume. We're just waiting for that big breakout game, right? This past week, 12 carries, 60 yards. Yeah. But it was the 55 receiving yards on four receptions that really, really helped his day out as well. So we're still, I believe, seeing JT at his floor the same way we're seeing Edwards E. Lair at his floor. And he balled his ass off yesterday, uh, recording this on Tuesday. So yesterday was Monday for me and Tuesday for you, but he balled his ass off versus Buffalo. I mean, he was running like a man with his hair on fire from the beginning of the game to the end of the game, 26 carries, 161 yards, had two catches for eight yards, had a touchdown run called back second week in a row. He's had a touchdown overturned due to penalty. He's just been unfortunate and unlucky in the touchdown department, but running the ball, His lateral agility is special. His footwork, his quickness, his vision. He runs with power. A lot of people want to say, oh, he's not fast enough. He's not big enough. The same people who say that, uh, it just, it blows my mind that people still want to find a way to hate on Edwards Elaire. If you don't like him as much as Swift or as much as JT, that's fine. But there's nothing that he's doing is should indicate that he's going to be relegated to the bench once Le'Veon Bell is activated. Andy Reid actually came out and said, we signed him to back up Clyde edwards Lair. It was more of an indictment on the running backs behind edwards Lair than CEH. And they're trying to win. They want to win a damn Super Bowl, not a fantasy championship. So for a team perspective, it was a great signing. Will he take some carries away from edwards Lair? Sure. Will he take a few receptions away from Edwards Elaire? Sure. I'm not concerned about CEH for the rest of the season or in Dynasty. If there are people out there panicked, I actually told one of my squad members, we had a team audit, and yesterday he was looking at some deals, and I said, you need to trade for Clyde before this game. You got like an hour window to go get him from panicking owners before he blows up. And what does he do? 161 rushing yards on the crown. So we're still seeing him at his floor. Don't be worried about CEH. Don't be worried about JT. Some players that who completely fell out of the rankings, Cam Akers, gone. One snap or one rush on Sunday. Henderson looks good. Malcolm Brown does not look good. I believe that this provides a window to buy Cam Akers. Moving forward, I believe it's Cam Akers and Daryl Henderson in that backfield. But for the rest of this season, probably not going to happen outside of an injury. Jalen Rager, he's on his way back, but we haven't seen him play since week one, week two. He's been injured. The Eagles' entire team is injured. The offensive line is bad. You know, I, I give Carson Wentz a lot of crap. But literally, I think I saw something that they've got two players who were projected to start coming into the season currently starting on offense. Like, everybody is hurt. So even when Rager comes back, I anticipate he makes some splash plays, but I just don't know how consistent he can be 
with this team being so bad. And I still am high on Jalen Rager. I'm still high on Cam Akers. I have Rager as my 25th ranked player in my cornerstone rankings. And I did move Cam Akers down a little bit to player 28 in between Terry McLaurin and Kyle Pitts, the tight end from Florida. Another player who dropped out, the the last player who dropped out was Henry Ruggs. So Henry Ruggs was the only guy that dropped out, had a good game two weeks ago versus the Kansas City Chiefs. He's been fantastic for that Las Vegas Raiders offense. Definitely opens things up for Waller, helps things out in the running game, helps Derek Carr out, and they're winning. But consistency, you're not going to get that out of Henry Ruggs this year. Definitely a, a better best ball option than consistent fantasy scorer. But that is it. Those are my top 12 rookies for the remainder of the season, re-ranking them. Just for a recap, at 12, Jerry Judy, 11, Brandon Ayuk, 10, LaVisca Chenault, 9, T. Higgins, 8, Antonio Gibson, 7, Chase Claypool, 6, James Robinson, 5, C.D. Lamb, 4, Justin Jefferson is the wide receiver 1 in this rookie class, 3, DeAndre Swift, Jonathan Taylor at 2, and Clyde Edwards-Elair at 1. All right, people, I appreciate you checking out the show. Thank you for checking out the content. Thank you for the support. Again, if you can like and subscribe to the channel, subscribe to the podcast, we greatly appreciate it. Make sure you check out the Future Cast show. I'm hosting a show over on Roto Underworld Network. Check that out. Podfather Matt Kelly himself. I appreciate y'all joining me. Y'all have a great, fantastic Wednesday. I'll see you probably Friday for the terrible or terrific trade show. Got some good deals that we'll be talking about. But y'all know what's next, man. I'm rambling, baby. Drop the music. We out. 